Listen up. It's now time for Mark's Side of the Ring. The pro wrestling podcast where three marks. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Discuss pro wrestling like it's real. And now, here's Dick Ford. And Hogan, you big ball son of a bitch, kiss my ass! Joey Vegas. Oh, oh, how about your foot? And Mike Madness. Oh, yeah! Welcome to Mark Side of the Ring. This is the Pro Wrestling Podcast, where we talk about it like it's real. I'm Ford. I am joined by my my two cohorts in crime, my my two co-conspirators. We'll start with the man simply known as Madness. Mm, yeah, it's hot out today, boys. We're talking about some uh, summer shit, summer slam, going back in time a little bit. And of course, who else is in some hot steaming water is Mr. McMahon. We're going to get back into that again, like we did from last time. So, uh, yeah, ready for the show, Mr. Dick Ford. And I'm also joined by the one, the only, the incomparable Vegas. Uh, I don't know what it's like to be hot out anymore. 75 and sunny is really maybe 80. This 90 degree stuff that people deal with. I don't know if Texas has got like 130. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel it. So we start this show pretty much the same way we started the last show, which was a couple of weeks ago, talking about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The word uh, madness yesterday, the 19th, we are recording this. All right. Yeah. Today's Wednesday, the 20th. That was the 19th, which was yesterday. Yeah, because 19, the number that follows 19 is 20. Is 20. Yep. Dick Ford. And uh, just, I, I know, just, counting, I wanted to make I know sure that's that, pretty high up there in your counting. I wanted uh, to make sure that today wasn't still the 19th. Okay. That's all I was you, doing. It's not. Okay. So the it isn't. That is correct. It is the 20th. So it is. it has been revealed. It's been uncovered. It's been promoted, talked about. That HBO's Real Sports with a Bryant Gumble is doing a piece on the Vince McMahon saga. It was reported by PW Insider on Saturday and discussed on Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio. The long-running sports journal- journalism show will cover the current uh, case, the current uh, situation of McMahon giving the multiple allegations against him of various hush funds to former female employees covered in full by the wall street journal, which is also known as WSJ on the streets in the report. PW insider said that HBO has been quote, attempting to reach out to former female employees of the company end quote. It is unknown when the piece is being targeted for. The show airs monthly year-round. Uh, 
This is not, of course, the first time that WWE and McMahon and the pro wrestling industry as a whole has been featured on Real Sports. The most notable feature was in June of 20, uh, sorry, of 2003, when Armin Katayan did a focus piece on the then growing amount of early deaths in pro wrestling. Roddy Piper was prominently featured on that episode, essentially forecasting his own demise. And in addition, McMahon was also there. And it was in an infamous outburst from that piece where McMahon bristled at the notion that he had anything to do with the aforementioned deaths due to drug use and other factors, slapping Katayan's papers out of his hand in an angered outburst. We all remember that. So this isn't going to be a, a, a case madness where McMahon is doing his own documentary on his own network where he can skew the truth and portray the message that he wants to portray like he's done with Ultimate Warrior and like he tried to do with Bret Hart. Uh, this is going to be handled by a real sports show that is not going to kiss his ass and fluff his piece. Instead, it's going to be hard-hitting and uh, full of the truth, and McMahon's not going to be able to hide behind Kevin Dunn. No, he's not. And maybe we'll be getting a DVD coming out after this that they still make those called The Self-Destruction of Mr. McMahon, much <laughs> like he made for The Ultimate Warrior, who you'd mentioned just now in your little spiel there. Uh, it is unfortunate to see this. I think, uh, you know, what is still is an allegation point here, but uh, no matter what this what comes of this, it's going to tarnish his legacy and his uh, his name in the company. And it's getting really ugly. And uh if things start really coming out, it is a shame to see something like this for a guy who's been in the industry for, what, 60 years, 50, 60 years now, uh, basically the king of pro wrestling here in the United States, and to go down like this. It kind of reminds me of what was the uh, the dude from Penn State? Uh, they got Joe uh, Paterno. Joe Paterno. Yeah, uh, Joe Paterno. Very, very, very well-respected uh, coach for years. And then as an old man in his dying years, he ended up getting – uh, associated with that uh, Sandusky guy and all those perverse things that they did to those boys in those locker rooms and such. And that's his leg. That's what I hear when I hear Joe Paterno. I'm I'm kind of upset that it, it might be that I'm going to hear that Vince McMahon was a uh, a sex offender or whatever it is, uh, uh, whatever he's being uh, accused of here for the rest of his uh, legacy here. And, and after he's dead, that's what he's going to be remembered as. And that's a shame because of what he's done through everything. But hey, you know, this is this is entertainment and what sells is uh, a scandal. And that's what we're seeing here. And that's why we're spending the first part of our show here. It's, it's, it's a scandal. That's what people want to hear. And that's what they like to see. So the I've done a lot of thinking about this since our last show and you do we realize like do we really do we really comprehend i don't know if we did a good enough job last time co really comprehending and really stressing and really driving home the fact that he paid a woman seven and a half million dollars Vegas, that's not seventy-five grand. That's not even seven hundred and fifty thousand. He paid an employee seven and a half million dollars to keep her mouth shut. That is an obscene amount of money, 
And if it was anybody in any other CEO, any other sports league, any other anything, if this was Roger Goodell, this would be a major story and they would be harping on the fact that it was seven and a half million dollars to one woman to keep her mouth shut. Well, I, I think other than the shareholders of WWE stock, that shows you that wrestling uh, has detached itself from mainstream sports. As much as WWE wants to bring in mainstream uh, football stars, baseball stars, basketball stars, wrestling stars, um, you know, Olympic athletes and stuff like that, people don't care as much um, about this. Because you did see, um, when it first came out, you did see uh, Fox News, CNN, uh, you know, MSNBC, all those networks cover it. Um, the one uh, Fox News, you uh, said, hey, uh, Melter is going to be on Fox News. It ended up being a fluff piece to keep you to tune in for the whole hour. And Melter yeah. was no, just... that was CNN. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that yeah. was CNN. That's right. Uh, you know, it was a fluff piece for you to tune in for the... And then Melter's on TV uh, on a Zoom call. Uh, but... Ultimately, not the mainstream media doesn't necessarily care. Um, stockholders, company, you know, company uh, executives, stuff like that, they do. But, but if this piece, though, the real sports, if they if they do their piece and it comes out and it's a hit piece, which it will be, uh, then I think that's going to put a lot more eyes onto it. I'm surprised that the floodgates haven't opened. I'm surprised. Uh, ex-female wrestlers that just that sucked that nobody wanted to see nobody it wouldn't, couldn't draw a dime aren't latching on this and saying yeah he uh, said some stuff to me too and this and that I'm just surprised because normally that's what happens once one allegation the floodgates open well no I mean well you know the the issue might be that they're NDAs which well, means you can't talk about them. Yeah, but not. I'm talking about just people in general. He in might, general, that I mean, I'm talking about like ex-female wrestlers that you know may have had something, an interaction with Vince McMahon, and he may have yeah. touched their butt one yeah. time. You know, just like stories like that. Well, this is known. This is known. In fact, I believe um, uh, Francine did a podcast not that long ago, maybe last week, and somebody hinted to her. I shouldn't even say hinted. Somebody straight up told her, "Go into McMahon's office." with a low cut top, grease those titties up a little bit and you'll, you'll have a job. So it, it's a known thing within the company that this is the McMahon recipe. And it, it's just happening last year, 2019, 2020, 2020. Like this isn't even like, Oh, it's just good old boys. Vince, this is from 30 years ago. He just paid somebody off a couple of years ago. This is recent. This is new. This is still happening, and he's 76 years old. Now, also, do we know, because these NDAs, like when you when you leave a company, sometimes uh, they'll make you sign an NDA. If you get fired or if you quit, or even when you sign your employment contract, it says if you do leave for any reason, uh, here, this is an NDA. You are not allowed to discuss anything that happened while you were employed here. So do we know if these are NDAs above and beyond something like that? Or do all uh, 
WWE employees, whether they're a wrestler or not, have NDAs attached to their contracts? Don't know. Or just employment in general for non-wrestlers? I mean, we do know that there were NDAs that were signed because McMahon was inappropriate. But we know that's the specific reason why. Yeah. It wasn't because, you know, just in general, and they happened to... Now, obviously, giving somebody $7.5 million to, to not say anything or giving somebody a raise in the company to not say anything, that's a whole other unethical thing. Because for all we know, a lot of this stuff was consensual. It's the problem isn't is it consensual between two uh, mature adults? It's that he used company funds to pay them off. That's the biggest thing, because that goes into ethics, business ethics, and stuff like that. And he used his position of power um, to do that. Exactly, and that is where McMahon could get himself in trouble. But we will continue to follow, obviously, this show, uh, this story rather, on this show. And as, as we get developments and, and, and we're going to record episodes, we will talk about it. We will lead with it because now I am rooting for McMahon's downfall. I hate to say it, but I feel like uh, Vince is just too smug of a prick. I think now's the time. Madness, it has been uh, 30 years since the WWF was a four-pay-per-view-a-year company. I know they now like to call them premium live events because nobody has to pay for that shit anymore because you can get it for next to nothing on the Peacock Network. But they were pay-per-views, you know, back in the day. And you did have to try to sell them. And you did have to try to convince people to spend $30 on them, $40 on them, $50 on them. 30 years ago, they were four pay-per-views a month, a year rather. Now it feels like there's four a month. There was four a year, the glory days, madness. How many pay-per-views do you think are, 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 are a good number? All right. So if you're talking, if you're talking the four pay-per-view thing a year here. Yeah. So I miss when it was down to four pay-per-views. I liked what we had going uh, back in the day. Um, what I think would be most ideal, I think it's oversaturated right now. I believe in the attitude area when they started doing it every month. I think that was where the downfall started of, of just too much content. It was a hot time. So I believe that that was actually okay then because they had so much going on. But as it started to dwindle down, all those pay-per-views started to run together. Nothing became memorable. So I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I like six pay-per-views. Year in some way they could do that. There's plenty of buildup, but there, it's not too far in between. I did think it was kind of uh, a little bit too much of a gap between WrestleMania and SummerSlam being March, April, all the way not to August. I think that I did like King of the Ring thrown in there and then maybe one other pay-per-view. What do you guys think? Yeah, every other month, that would be six a year. Um, I'd be willing to, I'd be okay with that. Uh, AEW, Vegas, how many is AEW doing a year? They're doing uh revolution uh they do four a year don't they double or nothing once a quarter all out in full gear yeah. right i think it's four a year it's every quarter. so they could probably add two more i mean we just did forbidden door we just had to pay for that well that was a yeah that was but a special that was a thing. special show obviously a joint production with new japan but i buy all four 
AEW pay-per-views a year. And I come over and mooch off of you. You mooch. No one mooches better than you do, bud. That's true. Nobody mooches better than you do. That's true. I come over and mooch, 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 yep. mooch. And I enjoy it. Uh, but I, I would pay for six. And I'm paying $50. A, is it $54, 55 I'm paying the, 55 a month. The, uh, the, or each time, rather. Yeah, I because I think with, with AEW, uh, with the four pay-per-views a year, it makes sense because you don't have to, you don't have it every month, but I think because they're so limited in spots, they have 12, 11 or 12, 13 matches on the card. And that's not including the hour pre-show that they have two or three to get people on the card. So you look at that and it is a long pay-per-view. Now they keep our attention because the matches are outstanding, but I think if you had it every, every other month, I think you would get more people on the cards. You would get a shorter pay-per-views, maybe three hours, two hours, you know, rather than four and a half. I think the last one was four. Um, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I like to see every other month for AEW. Uh, WWE, I could care less well, and yeah. not watch it. And they're basically free anyway. So yeah, they can they can have every pay per view yeah. twice a month. It's free for everybody. There's, there's just nothing. There's there's just nothing special anymore. It uh, with you know WWE. There's no. It doesn't seem like to be much build up. It seems a lot of redundancy, repetitiveness. It seems like they just lose sight of what what they can do that's new. Granted, I haven't sat there and watched them, but it's just seems like so cookie cutter at this point. I don't know what you guys uh, have have watched lately, but that's what I think. Yeah, no, it's definitely paint by numbers. Yeah, a lot of rematches. I think the last, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe it was there wasn't money in the bank, but I think it was the one before that. Aren't we on like Roman Reigns and uh, and Brock Lesnar? Like it's part su- ninety, it's summer something. Yeah. yeah, part ninety. Yeah, you have that, um, which Lesnar's going to lose again. Well, now it was supposed to be Orton, but Orton got hurt. But then well. this is the problem with them not being able to to have anybody ready to go. I mean, even even going back, even putting Orton in that spot is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Not as ridiculous as Lesnar again, but whatever. I mean, I, I don't even want to see it because all I end up doing is complaining about it. Yeah. And then I become one of those guys that all I do is complain about WWE. And then somebody will go, well, if you hate it so much, then don't watch it. Well, I don't watch it. But I guess that doesn't give me the right to complain about it either because I don't watch it. So uh, what I did watch was the Ruthless Aggression era. And apparently, it's the 20-year anniversary. Figure that one out. Jesus Christ. It's been 20 years since the Ruthless Aggression era started, 2002. And I feel like it started when Mystic Man cut that promo in the ring with all the guys standing around around the corner. And then a couple days later, John Cena, I was at that show. John Cena made his debut on on SmackDown, and he was Ruthless Aggression, and he bitch-slapped Kurt Angle. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe it's yeah, been. I was. Tw- uh, were you years. at that event, Dick Ford, Joey yeah. Vegas? I, I was at that. I, event. I was not. I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was at that event live when I saw Cena come back. It was. Uh, it was one of those moments, you know. Not my favorite guy, but it was cool. Cool to be there. Yeah. To say I was there. Yeah, especially the end of what you know what he became, the last real WWE superstar. Because now nobody's who being, transcends. Well, yeah, who transcends the yes. WWE? Yes. yes, yes. So yeah, it's been twenty years now. Madness asked the question: Was twenty? Uh, sorry, was two thousand two 
the last great year in WWF. I mean, I mean, I think I think it was. I mean, I really do. I mean, you got the what you got in 2002 is what you couldn't get really in 2001 with the invasion angle. That's when you you got guys like the NWO come in, uh, Flair, things like that. It was just everybody was kind of in there. It was kind of like the all star lineup of everything kind of going on. A lot of dream matches taking place. Diner showed up. Um, so Michaels was in the company. You know, it, it was just all the guys were there during that year. And then from there, I think it started to, to go downhill. They didn't know really what to do with it. I'm not saying the 2003 and 2004 didn't have their memorable moments and it wasn't entertaining because it was, but I'm just saying that that was the last great year where it, it it steadily declined from there. I could, I could Vegas. I could, I could agree with that, you know, because you had the NWO coming back yet. NWO coming in, I should say, you had Hogan, Nash, Hall. I know that didn't really turn out the way that um, uh, you know a lot of us thought it would. But yeah, that was kind of that 2002 into the kind of like 2003. You know, Big Papa Pump is there, and they completely you know screwed him over. <laughs> but 2002 was that the last great year? I mean, in terms of names. Probably. I mean, I, instead of calling it the last great year, I would think you could call it the um, the top of the mountain, the apex uh, of the because the WWE. name value was there. I think after that, I think two thousand three was good, two thousand four was good, and then obviously it's steadily declined. But I don't know if you call it the last. I mean, I guess it. I mean, I guess you could say the last great year, but. I, I enjoyed some of the 2003, 2004, 2005 uh, in spurts, but it wasn't as good as 2002. Yeah, I think 2002 would be the last great year of the name power. I, I, I would, I would agree. I would, I would give 2002 that. 2002 though did not have La Resistance. No, they did not. Nope. And uh, best tag team. I love me. Some la resistance. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I, I am French, so I guess you know. But yeah. I I love the resistance. Madness, are you okay over there, bud? Yeah, guys, we're doing good over here. I okay. can uh, hear you all right. Just I know we're going to the ruthless aggression era. Uh, I know Dick Ford. You know you're sort of a ruthless aggression connoisseur. Apologist. You're one of the few- <laughs> You're one of the few guys who still talks up the ruthless aggression. Well, most of us, we go back and we talk about the golden era and and the attitude era as the two combating eras of the greatness of this company. You seem to stand stick up for the ruthless aggression era. And I wanted to ask you, what what aspects of the ruthless aggression era stand out to you to make you defend this uh, this uh, this era that was sort of forgotten in a way? Two words. Brock Lesnar. That's that, that Brock Lesnar is the ruthless aggression era. Bald-headed Hollywood Rock, Goldberg, Jericho, really becoming like like the guy. I feel uh, even so more even more than when he won the two belts in the one night. But uh, Katie Vick. We got Katie Vick in the Ruthless Aggression era. We got the unmasking of Kane. Uh, what else do we get? We got the 
Make yourself famous, kid. The Jeff Hardy Undertaker uh, ladder match. Um, yeah, I, I, I am a ruthless aggression era apologist. I, I will always defend the RA era. And uh, like I said before, they gave us La Resistance. Yeah, you've, yeah, La yeah, okay. You were just a big fan of the great Kali. Great Kali? Was he, was he Ruthless Aggression? He might have been. Is that, was he still, was he was there during the Ruthless Aggression? He might have been. Yeah. What do they been. consider? What do they consider the Ruthless Aggression era? Is that like 02 to 08 or something? I'll tell you right now. Hold on. Yeah, I, that I don't know. That I don't know. And my iPad For, Ford's having up. issues. <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, iPad froze up here. Hold on. I think I know why. There we go. I'm good now. Yeah. All right. The Ruthless Aggression Era. When did it end? It is, we know it's June of, of 2002. To 2008. To 2008. It's when WWE clo- or WCW closed, or uh, the era that came around when WCW closed their doors. Yeah. Um, so 2008. So the Ruthless Aggression Era went away with the uh, intro to the everyone's favorite PG era. Yes. Correct? Yes. 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 I mean, Gene Snitsky was there. I remember Gene Snitsky. It wasn't my fault. Kicks the baby. Oh, great stuff. Deuce and Domino. You know, you just have to watch it. <laughs> Madness. I think that's what it is. You just have to watch it. There you go. Yeah, I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that bad. Was it great? No. We got it, Booker T <laughs> in that era. Sucker. Yeah. yeah, then... then uh, Eric Bischoff, do you remember the interview and Booker T's looking? Eric Bischoff walks up and shakes his hand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Tell me, I did not just see that. Yeah, the debut of Bischoff. Yeah. We got the McMahon Bischoff hug. Oh, God. There's a lot of good stuff. All good stuff. But- and the Ruthless Aggression era. So let's, um, I know Madness wants to watch a Ruthless Aggression era. Highlight. Highlight. And that would be the match between Brock Lesnar and The Rock. Brock and Rock. Brock right. and let's 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 fire this up. I'm gonna have you guys do the countdown. Joey Vegas does a Joey Vegas does a really good uh a countdown. Oh, yeah. I, I do almost the best. Not yeah, as good as your countdown. You put a lot of heat on him when he did the last he countdown. did. I think you said he was the worst countdown ever. Yeah, Madness did say that. Mm-hmm. So this is 2002 Summer Slam. The Summer Slam. This is in, is this in New Jersey? I believe this is in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, the, the armpit of America. I thought this was in New York. No, I think this is in Jersey. Look it up, Vegas. Fuck. <sighs> Jesus, I thought you would have it on the... the I'm thing. trying to go by memory. I know, but I, I thought you would have it on the... I would have uh, it. This was, in, this was in Uniondale, New York. Okay, Uniondale, New York. Well, that's close enough to New Jersey. It is... I am at a timestamp of 2-23-37. 2-23-37. Fire it up on your PCAC network. SummerSlam 2002, August 25, 2002. We're almost at the anniversary. We're a little bit before. We're a month before in, in, in 2022 here. But 
close enough to be talking tough. It is SummerSlam 2002. Fire it up on your peacock. We're at 223.37. And Vegas, who gives the worst countdown in history, according to Madness, is going to count us down. I was going to do a like a really weird countdown just so he'd be pissed, but I'll just do a regular countdown. All right. Uh, so three, two, one, play. And here we go. This is um, The Rock defending his title against Brock Lesnar. The uh, I don't we don't have a lot of money, so we're using old SmackDown sets. The next big thing. The next big thing, and I believe this was sort of considered somewhat of a passing of the torch match. Uh, this is where The Rock was about to go head to Hollywood, and uh, this was the big the big moment for Brock Lesnar to become the next big thing. This was his. His moment to take over. Spoiler alert. Wow, you ruined the ending last time. Last Jeez. Everybody's seen these things. You think anyone's watching this shit for the first fucking time? No. I'm sorry. After like five years, there's no spoilers. <laughs> there's no such thing. This is for the WWE Undisputed Championship. We are just several months into the name change when we got the undisputed F out. Undisputed Championship. What is this title right now? Like, what is this Undisputed Championship? Is this the WWE Championship right now? Or this is, has this been transitioned to this something else? This would be else? considered the WWE World Title, yeah. Yeah. This would be like the Winged Eagle Belt. And here's I, another one for you guys. What, what does what does the Universal Championship mean in comparison to the WWE Championship right now? Is it just a secondary? Like, well, the no, they're combined now. Game? They combined them again. Roman has both. So, yeah, well, they haven't, they haven't combined them. Uh, he's just the both champion. I mean, the belt, there's not one belt. It's stupid. There's yeah. a nice belly to belly there over uh, overhead throw by Lesnar. Lesnar, when he made his debut in March on Monday Night Raw, he instantly became my favorite wrestler. Oh, instantly. yeah. And, and what was who was really who was who was really about to become the next big thing here, you know, because this is really the, the rock is the one who's about to become the next big thing. If you think Hollywood, because he just blew up after mm -hmm. this in the mainstream. Yeah. And this is really like, you look at this as the send off. This is the final, the end of the rock right here. Pretty much. He did come back sporadically, but like this was him vaulting himself out of wrestling and into Hollywood. And I just can't believe with all the crappy music movies he's put out just what we what, what where he is at right now and it's he's just a big marketable muscle head steroid freak and he's what 50 years old now uh i mean he his first couple movies like the tooth fairy and stuff Oof. uh those weren't uh, very good but the, you know the mummy movies were way past their prime uh you know the not the original mummies uh, but the continuation where he was a Scorpion King in his own movie and the Escape to Witch Mountain remake that he was in. Those were bad movies. But the movies he makes now, the Jumanji movies were good. I enjoyed those. I'm actually and, I'm actually I'm actually wanting to see the pets movie that he's in. We, <laughs> the Secret and, Life of Pets and No, no, no. The Super Pets. Or Super Pets, yeah. Yes. Where they're he's a voice it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon animation movie. And him and Hart, Kevin Hart are in it. And they're like pets of superheroes, like Superman's yes. in it, Batman's in it. That actually looks funny to me. I think The Rock is the best thing going in Hollywood right now. I mean, he is. He's the number one paid actor. You better by bow a down, madness. You better bow down to the bow there, down to there the are people Rock. Out there, there are people out there right now that don't even 
know why he's called the rock i bet you know some teenagers no no it's like this dwayne johnson guy i'll I'll do one better for you i worked with a guy who had no idea that the rock was a wrestler yeah i'm I'm not i don't i'm not no he knew i'm not surprised by that he knew he was the rock or he called he was called the rock but had no idea that he wrestled for the wwe ever and the kid referred to it as the wwe he only knows it's a WWE. That's how that's all fucking it's wild to see that generational yeah. that generational shift yeah. like that to where people just don't know or, or or they just never paid attention to wrestling in the past and they just think he was this actor that came out of nowhere or uh it's it's wild, but here's Heyman uh, putting in his licks there on the rock. So yeah, this is Lesnar's coming out moment. This is SummerSlam 2002. Let me uh look up the Wrestling Observer, the rating that Meltzer gave this. I mean, the rock matches are usually pretty high, uh, depending on his opponent. I would think this one's probably at least a three and a quarter stars. I would think. But yeah, the rock, I mean, you know what? It Like you said, it's funny, though. There's Heyman with his Yankees hat. What a loser. Uh, you know, there was a shot at the Ford because he likes the Yankees, if people didn't know. Uh the Rock is his tequila. You ever have his tequila? It's delicious. He's got a Zoa. Yeah, he's got his Terramana tequila. It's delicious. He's got a Zoa energy drink. I haven't had one, so I can't say if it's delicious. Never had either of those. Are they any good, Joey Vegas? The tequila's good. The Zoa I haven't had his energy drink. Too much sugar in the Zoa for me. Let me ask you no, guys there, this. I don't though. think Are there we, is any sugar in there. I think it's we, it's all natural ingredients. There's no sugar. There's no calories. Yeah, I, don't the, okay. I, don't the, I don't think the rock uh, would do you put guys, sugar. Do you guys think that these two guys in the ring right now, let me ask you this. Are these guys both considered all-time in WWE top 20? Are they all, Would they be make your top 20 or top 10, I'd say, even? Okay, well, no, it's two different questions. Do you want me to answer top 20 or top 10? I don't know, because I'm like on the fence of that. Like I say The Rock, maybe. All right, let's say top 20. Are they are they in your top 20? Yeah. Oh, yeah? for sure. Well, what about your top 10? Would you think they'd be a top 10 for, for the history of the company? I know you can base it on so much bullshit, and there's just so many guys to think about. But like you got Hogan, Hart, Michaels, Austin, all these guys to think about. Flair. Does, does Lesnar hold a candle to any of these guys? Well, can- if you look at, if they, you know, if you look at Lesnar's accomplishments of what he's accomplished in the company, granted they're predetermined wrestling matches, but if you look at his accomplishments, his accomplishment list would go right up against anybody's. Look it up, Madness. I, I would also think Lesnar's in-ring, in-ring work He's a great worker. And he's legit. He is. He you you don't think so. Like maybe maybe, you know, when he first got in, you know, maybe this match might not be like oh so technically sound. But what he's doing now, he doesn't need to have really long matches because he hasn't really had many long matches recently because he wrestles, you know, twice a year, three times a year. But he can work. So I think now top ten for Lesnar. I don't know. I think The Rock for sure top ten. I mean, he in my list. I mean, Lesnar was even an I was even the IWGP Heavyweight Champion at one point. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and he went to the UFC and won the UFC Heavyweight Title. I know that doesn't 
correlate, but well, it should. It's well, a real fight. Well, it does correlate, but I'm saying as if you're going for wrestlers, True. you can't say UFC champ. You, you you know what, guys? This this gives me an, a good idea for our next show. Oh boy. Um. Now, what I think we're going to do for our next show, I'm going to tell everybody during this is I think we're going to have our very first annual induct induction to the Mark side of the ring hall of fame. <laughs> and we're going to have our very own hall of fame. And the way this is going to work is it's going to be the three of us each going to have, we have to give ourselves, well, you know, we'll figure out how we're going to do it. But I think our next episode is going to be the first annual Mark side of the ring hall of fame. I like it. It's, it, it's a, it's in a dead time of the year, midsummer. So we're going to do that. And then we can discuss who should be in and who shouldn't. And we'll decide if we each should get our own votes and it should be a, uh, a unanimous decision of who gets in. We'll talk about that off air and come back and give you the stipulations and the, and, and the criteria needed to be in the Mark side of the ring hall of fame. This will be bigger than the WWE hall of fame. This will be bigger than Meltzer and his little hall of fame. He's got going on. So this is going to be a big deal, boys. So this is, this is, this is happening. Well, it'll definitely be more legit than the WWE hall of fame just by proxy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not saying much of anything just by existing. Speaking, speaking of that, did you see, uh, the Goldberg A and E biography. I missed that one. Yes. I watched the Undertaker one. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it right, and at one point, it, towards the end, when they get to Goldberg going to the Hall of Fame, he even mentions that the Hall of Fame's a work. So I, I saw like it, 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 like it was a very like quick. Thing. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, they didn't go into the details, but he even mentioned like, you know, or maybe it was Eric Bischoff. Somebody mentioned uh, that, yeah, Goldberg, you know, the work hall of fame, you know, whatever. I was just I, I popped uh, <laughs> as, as they say in the wrestling business. I popped for that because I'm like, even the wrestlers know that like Goldberg's in the hall of fame, but he knows it's a work and he only got in for whatever reasons, uh, <clears throat> you know. So what did you give um, this star? I said, match? I said three and three quarters at least. OK, it's not. Nope. It's it's, it's uh, madness. Do you have a star rating for this match? I guess the star rating for this event. No, for just this match. This match. No, I don't have that in front of me. No, I no. Do you have a up. guess? Oh, the guess. Excuse me, guys. I'm having an audio issue. I, I apologize. It's okay. Uh, my guess for this match. Ah, geez, I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say this was about a three and three quarter star. Well, that's the same thing I said. That's the same thing he said, but he's having audio issues. So you don't even know <laughs> he didn't that. hear it. Yeah. The actual number that Meltzer gave this match was three and a quarter. So just one quarter. We weren't, we weren't too far stars. off. Okay. No, you were not too far off. Uh, the best match of the show is the four and a quarter match. That's before this one, Shawn Michaels versus triple H, which is why there's all that blood in the ring. It was a good match. I'll admit that Michaels came back. He wrestled in his jeans. Yeah, yeah. Because wasn't it a street it fight? Un unsanctioned. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, this match is a good match. I mean, you know, The Rock. You know, not only can he talk, but he could work, and Lesnar could work. And this this event also kicked off with a really good match between uh, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio. I don't know if you guys mentioned that while I was having my audio issue, but another really good match. Uh, on this card, this is a really good SummerSlam. To be honest with you, I I, I feel like it probably is uh, one of the better ones overall. Yeah, yeah. I you do it's it's funny because the later you get after this, like we've been mentioning, the the, the star ratings just go down. I, and like I would want to compare like this SummerSlam, uh, like in card to like let's say 2012. 
like 10 years right. after this one and and just see the difference in 10 right. years and that's and joey vegas that's sort of what we were talking about early in the show when i had said that this was the last great year of of the company and it follows suit it dwindles down like you said the cards dwindle down as it kind of goes on so granted there were some some pretty shitty ass cards in the middle of the 90s SummerSlam 95 maybe dick ford maybe um i just want to say to your point looking at SummerSlam 10 years later mm -hmm. in 2012 the main event is brock lesnar against triple h <laughs> <laughs> So there Wait. you go. Ten years later, a decade later, the two guys and two of the guys in the last two matches here are still there. Yeah. I mean, look at what they're doing now. Isn't like Ric Flair and uh, no. it, that's an AW, though, but they're bringing back guys from this era is just untouchable. They're bringing back Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair now. Well, Rick, Rick Flair and referee Ric Flair's doing his own side thing with uh, Conrad Thompson as a part of Starcast five. But yes, 70 something year old Ric Flair is about to wrestle in his last match and he's about to be against Jeff Jarrett. Now the WWF is bringing Jeff Jarrett in to do, to be the special guest referee for a match at SummerSlam. And you're probably thinking, why the hell is Jeff Jarrett a referee? Only because it's in Nashville and uh, Jarrett is synonymous with Nashville in terms of wrestling. So I think that's a geographical addition to the show. Um, but again, I don't watch the product, but I know that Jeff Jarrett's music played on last week's SmackDown and people couldn't understand why the hell he was appointed the referee. I don't even know the match he's refereeing to be honest with you. Uh, I think it's the main event. Um, it's not Reigns and Lesnar. Oh, it is. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's not, it's not, uh, it's some tag match. I think, I think it's the Usos against the two guys that. Drink out of the red solo cup. Oh, Street Profits. Street Profits. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's who he's the referee for. No, I know it wasn't the main event, but this this breaks prematurely, doesn't it? Oh no, it doesn't. Big, big, big time rock bottom on Heyman. Here comes that rock bottom to Yeah. Uh, that was a weak one. No, I think well, it's because Heyman didn't didn't jump. <laughs> it was more like a Maybe falling didn't jump. Yeah, yeah, he fell straight back. Yeah. But hey, whatever. You know, good for him for taking a bump. Yeah, speaking of all time greats, I speaking mean, of bumps. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, Paul Heyman is, is, and geez, I mean, he's one of the all time greats. I'm interested in the, how uh, <laughs> Madness is going to do this now. Mark side of the ring, Hall of Fame. We're a podcast that hasn't even been around for a year yet, but we already have our own Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know what? We're ambitious. We are going to have a Hall of Fame because we want to, and and we can. I mean, I believe that the WWE has officially just opened the floodgates with their ridiculous crap for a Hall of Fame, that, that anyone can have a Hall of Fame. And I think that we are entitled to our very own Hall of Fame, and I think it will be more credible than WWE's, which is not hard to do. So like I had said, we'll post that on social media, and we will also have the criteria and our first inductees on the next episode uh, when that might be in a week or so. Yeah. I think two. we should do like three inductees. Yeah. Each. Just three. Yeah. Three each should be our, like our opener. Yeah. We'll go three. We'll figure it out. We'll have it. We'll have a good idea of it. We'll and what we're we'll going to do we'll, and how we'll we're going to get in. Because, you know, I do believe that we have three, we have three show hosts here yeah. and I, I want to put, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go for the ultimate warrior of course. early on here. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's the thing. It should be at least two of two of the three of us need to vote the guy in. Like if, if Dick Ford, if you come up to me and you want to suck Goldberg's cock again and like me and Joey Vegas wow. think you're uh, an idiot for it, like <laughs> wow. we do, then we're going to not have Goldberg in our hall of fame. We got wow. a nice odd number of guys here. So, we're going to go something around that way. At least two guys have to think that, that, that he's worthy of being in the, in, in the Hall of Fame. And we should really keep this exclusive. Like we'll, we'll come up with some some parameters here that, that, that if you're in this Hall of Fame, you, there's there's a reason. OK, but well, I, th- I think that limiting uh, obviously you got to limit it somewhere. But the, the problem that we have is we're we're doing the WWE Hall of Fame. The Barks of the Ring Hall of Fame and for W is it just WWE? No, or is it wrestling in general? It's got to be wrestling in general, because because otherwise yeah. we're never going to agree on three. It can't be just because you, you're telling me that any wrestler from 1909 to 2022 yeah. could go into this, which is why George Hackenschmidt's my first pick. <laughs> I, and and no, I think maybe we should keep our yeah, we should keep our uh, Hall of Fame relevant to what we discuss in the show. Well, I also think that there should be like a legacy line. <laughs> well, well, there's the legacy be- line. George Hackenschmidt is in on the legacy line. I mean, like there's, there should be something what because, because we can't have uh, a hundred, you know, 80 years or 40 years or 50 years of people that we could choose. But yeah, but we also can't just do it. Why don't the- we do it? Why don't we do it from when we were born? No, we can't, we can't do that. That's not fair. 1983 until 2003. No, it's what? So no one past 2003 gets in. That's. I don't know. No, if 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 you could call it the modern era, the modern era would go all the way back, and there's the finish. The modern era would go back to you know, um, gorgeous George is still considered modern era. Because he wrestled when there was TV. We'll we'll get those parameters out. We can argue this. We can have a show. To, we can have a whole show of arguing yes. of how to put the Hall of, of Fame course. together, yes, and that'll be entertaining. Yes. Maybe we'll do that. Hey, we got to finish on the match. If you're watching, Brock Lesnar has just won his very first there it is. Uh, undisputed championship and world title. He becomes the youngest and WWE the, uh, champion of passed. all time. He becomes the youngest WWE champion of all time and remains that for a couple more years until they decide that they need to get that moniker onto Randy Orton. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were bitter about the way that Lesnar left the company to go play football and be in Madden. And isn't Randy Orton still the youngest? Uh, No, I thought somebody didn't someone to take that away from him. Uh, I don't know. But Orton will, will probably be the oldest, the way he's going, the way he's hanging around. Uh, the youngest champion. I think that was taken. I think somebody else got that. I well, could I could be well, wrong. Well, see, it depends because technically it's still Lesnar, uh, the youngest, but because you changed belts so many times. Yeah. Because it says the youngest champion is Brock Lesnar, who won the age of t- at 25. Mm. Um, but then... Randy Orton, like you said, won it in 2004 at the age of 24. Yeah. So I don't know why it would tell me that it that still led. Sounds like Orton to me. But um, I know that, uh, you know, usually we're on here for, you know, way past an hour. But I'm, you know, 
I'm of the I'm of the belief here that that madness is just struggling to get through this as it is with the audio issue. So um, I I think this will be a good point, and uh, we will be back here in, in in a couple of weeks, and apparently we will have our our Hall of Fame worked out, or we'll fight for it, or we'll, we'll fight each other, have a live argument right here on the show. It'll be like a presidential debate. So we'll figure that out, and uh, we'll be back in. Well, Vegas, I believe it would have to be, let's see, we could probably, we could do two weeks. We could be back in two weeks because then I go out of town. So we could be back in two weeks. Madness, can you be back in two weeks? Yeah, roughly two weeks or so. I'm looking at the calendar thinking August 1st. Yeah, that works. I'm still here. So we'll come back. We'll have our first six uh nine rather inductees into our mark side of the ring hall of fame where i've already barred the ultimate warrior he will not be in it and um neither will goldberg so there you go you could find us on instagram if you want to follow us there at mark side of the ring it's just the name of the podcast folks at Mark Side of the Ring and it's on Instagram. And you could follow us on Twitter. I do a lot of tweeting over there. At Mark Side of Ring. Mark Side of Ring on Twitter. Mark Side of the Ring on Instagram. And you could buy a shirt, the Mark Side of the Ring logo shirt. Simply go to shopmarkside.com. That's shopmarkside.com to buy a logo shirt and help support the show. For Badness, for Vegas, I'm Ford. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And so, goodbye. And good night. Bang!